Yo, what up? It's your boy, Cool Shep. This podcast is brought to you by my boy, Joey T and Tyrese Maxi. But right now, you know, we just maxing on the courts, hailing from the streets of South Philly. Sometimes it gets a little hectic out there. But right now, we go up you on how we just chill. What's going on, Sixers fans? Welcome back in to another edition of Trust the Podcast. The 76ers finally got past the Raptors Thursday night. They didn't ruin our draft night. They finally were able to overcome all the ugliness that went on in Game 4 and Game 5, soundly defeat the Raptors, and have advanced on into the second round where they will be matched up with the number one seed, Miami Heat. So, joining me on the podcast for the first time today, my friend and, unfortunately, Miami Heat fan, Michael Herrera. Mike, thanks for joining me today. Uh, so thank you for having me, Joe. I'm really excited here to, you know, debate. You know, let's Absolutely. talk about Heat Got to go head-to-head here. First, you know, Chris Reynolds, he's been on before. He, he likes to prop up Bam at a bio, but he is not a full-fledged Miami Heat fan. Michael is, and I'm excited to get to preview this series with him, get his perspective on things right now, because the Heat... You know, they just, unlike the Sixers, they just had a sound performance in the first round. They defeated the Atlanta Hawks in five games, and the game the Hawks won, it took a last-second shot from Trey Young, only a one-point win for Atlanta. And, Michael, the Heat didn't even have two of their best players throughout some of that series with Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry missing some a few games uh, during the series. With Lowry only played three games, Butler missed a game as well, but... What's your th- where where where's your head out with the Heat after that first round series, how they performed as a team? Well, if I'm being honest, I would say the Heat had a, I would say it was a pretty solid performance from all of them. I do feel the game five win we were a little shaky towards the end because that that score we had it we had a good eight point nine point lead on them and it kind of wavered a little bit towards the end. But I would say we pulled in strong at the end. Um, I do think that. Uh, winning that being able to win the series with Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry missing the games that they did, I think that's a really positive sign for the Heat that like we're gonna do good things. Um, I would say Bam didn't have his best performance this series, and also I think he was he was a bit lagging behind. I think with some injuries, maybe not certain on that, but I do feel that uh, that's a good sign for the Heat that we were to pull through, and I think that's because the Sixers are a very strong opponent. That's obviously one of the worst teams we could have been playing. Uh, but you know that's just how it is. That's just what it is. You know, you mentioned you mentioned some of the injuries. Uh, I didn't know Bam was dealing with any injuries. Is that true? Uh, I'm not sure. He might have. Well, because usually Bam is very like athletic, fast paced. Right. But like honestly, in some of the games, he there was the first game he played pretty well. But after that, he wasn't putting up as many points as usual. So like, I wouldn't be surprised. If it turns out he was playing with an injury, mm-hmm. I imagine he might have been. Yeah, he did only average 12 points for the series like you touched on. But Bam's a great defensive player, and with Joel Embiid currently dealing with his injury, you know, he has the orbital bone fracture right now as well as the concussion after Pascal Siakam's late-game assault on him during Game game 6 or, uh, in that series. But, you know, with Embiid dealing with the injury, he's confirmed to be out for Game 1. What's your what's your thought process on the Heat? Are you expecting them without Embiid? Because we're gonna get into who the Sixers could put in his place in that starting lineup in a sec. But with him out of the lineup, are you expecting an easy victory for the Heat in Game One? What's your what's your outlook? I still don't believe this is gonna be an easy series. I do think it's huge. 
that uh, Embiid is out indefinitely. I think that's a big, big thing for us. I mean, Embiid obviously was like the runner-up to being MVP. A lot of people feel he should have been MVP. I also feel he should have been MVP. I think oh, that's good uh, Nikola Jocic winning the MVP is a dog water take by the <laughs> league and the writers and all that. <laughs> for but, sure. You know, that's on them. Um, I do think it's huge for us, but I, I do think that although it does limit the Sixers in terms of what they can do down low in the post, um, they and yes, they will be unfortunately missing also his his deep shooting. Right. But you know that that can be made up for with like Maxine Harden. So like I don't think they're too worried about that. So I think um, Bam will keep the post locked down. But I am still worried about the spacing that other players bring, like Harden. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a big issue for us. Not not necessarily because we can't guard it, but just like Harden's explosive. Like this dude's insane. Um, me personally, not the biggest Harden fan, but I can wholeheartedly admit that. Sixers getting Harden is a huge pickup for you guys, and I don't think this is going to be an easy series. Maybe a little bit easier, but I still do think it will be tight series, and uh, I think that's what's exciting about this matchup. I think that's the fun part. Yeah, I would certainly agree with that. I think this will be a series because I do expect the Heat to probably take at least one of those first two games. You guys are the home team. You guys will start the series. If I had to make a prediction, I feel like Embiid will probably miss the first two games, make his return in our first homestand in Game 3. But, you know, as we mentioned at the beginning, Lowry and Butler both dealing with injuries. Uh, Jimmy, some knee soreness, I believe it was. Lowry seems a little more severe with the hamstring. Do you anticipate them uh, making their returns in Game 1? Have you, have you seen any reports uh, saying one way or the other? For the uh, well, I know also someone who hasn't been mentioned is Tyler Hero. He was dealing with a slight injury. Interesting. But he's confirmed to be like, he's like, I'm coming back. Okay. Jimmy Butler has always has also stated that he is coming back, and um, I have faith that he will be. I, don't, I, I do think Spolter is going to play him if he mm-hmm. feels he's healthy. Because Jimmy Butler is definitely one of our best players, if not our best player. You know, maybe he's not he's not going to put up thirty a game regularly, but this is a guy who we can consistently count on, and he brings that energy to the court that we need. And right now, he's saying that like I'm playing, mm-hmm. and I think that's huge for us. And so, I'm I'm not too worried about players missing too many games. Gotcha, Lowry. Lowry does seem like someone who might miss some time in this series, considering he did miss two games in the Atlanta series. But it seems like he will be back at some point, similar to Embiid. But I could see him. Wouldn't you agree? Might miss some of those first couple games, possibly. Yeah, no. Lowry, so far, there's been... I haven't seen any reports about it. But um, it does seem that Lowry... Lowry, he's getting up in that age. The kid, yeah. the guy's like 36. You know, he's old. He's great. But he's he's getting a bit older. So I'm not surprised these injuries are a little bit worse for him than they might be for Butler, who's a bit a few years younger. But um, Lowry, I wouldn't be surprised if he misses maybe the first one or two games. But I do think he'll... He'll be back and hopefully for a strong finish, but we'll see. That's all dependent. That's for sure. And, you know, you mentioned Jimmy not being a guy who can regularly score 30 points, and I would agree with that. But in the series against Atlanta, he did average 30 points a game along with eight rebounds, five assists, and apparently he's able to make threes again. He shot 44% from three in the series after shooting like 21% on the season. Now, I don't think, like you said, I don't think he's going to be able to consistently score 30, but he does weirdly have some good matchups with this Sixers defense because we don't really have any wing types besides Thibel who could really take Jimmy. But after Thibel's abysmal performance in the round one series, it's uh, it's questionable to see how much uh, playing time Thibel will get in this series. And if he gets the playing time, he's going to have to show up. He could be a crucial part in stopping a guy like Jimmy Butler or even Tyler Hero. Do you expect Jimmy to have another strong series against his former team? Honestly, you are right. Recently in the playoffs, Jimmy has really come alive. And um, I think that's um, 
Actually, I remember seeing a tweet back during the Lakers Heat Finals where people were talking about everyone talking about mama mentality from the Lakers, but the most mama mentality player is actually Jimmy Butler. He's on the opposite team. And I think that's where Jimmy really comes alive. I think Jimmy really brings that energy and passion, especially in the playoffs, especially with a team like Miami. Because like as a Miami fan, especially during the years we were winning championships with D-Wade and LeBron, the energy for that team is insane. Like when we lose, that team is super supportive, and I think Jimmy really feeds off of that. So I think in the home games, uh, it's very possible we see another continued excellence performance from him. Um, I do feel that maybe in Philly we might not, but he's gonna know, get booed. There's a gonna lot. be some boos, but at the same a time, this is Jimmy Butler we're talking about. He could be feeding off of that. That's true. So that is true. That does I make do, me a little worried. I think Jimmy Butler is kind of crucial to winning this series. I think what he brings to this team is extremely necessary, and hopefully he doesn't miss any more series. But uh, I think he will put up continued performances of excellence. I think he's gonna keep averaging 30. Um, will it lead to wins? That's entirely up in there. That's up to the rest of the team. But I do think Jimmy's going to keep playing the way he's been playing because this is where he really likes to come alive. Yeah, I think, and I feel like I might agree with you there because it's, I, I, I'm not a big Butler fan for a variety of reasons, but I'm not going to deny his talent. And like I said, I don't really think he has uh, a matchup against this Sixers defense that's really going to do anything to con- concretely stop him. But when I'm looking at your team going up against the Sixers, I do think there's a lot of guys on your team that could be... It's going to be interesting to see how their series goes because I think you've got a lot of these shooters who maybe aren't the best of defenders that play a lot of minutes. It's guys like Hero, who's you know sixth man of the year, undoubtedly. He's had a good, great year offensively. Uh, and then Struess, who's actually started over Duncan in every game in these playoffs, which I was surprised by. Duncan's still playing around 15 minutes a game. And then the sixer killer, Gabe Vincent. He, But he's not quite a great defender either. So... When guys like Harden and Maxi are in our backcourt, if if we get the proper matchups to go our way, we could really I think we could really exploit you guys on on the defensive end with our backcourt, but at the same time, you guys have the size to combat with guys like PJ with Jimmy to combat us in terms of with our guard. So it's really depending on who throws which defenders at which people from both sides of the of the team. What what's a matchup that really sticks out to you in this series that you think could to s- decide? I would say honestly, I would say whoever PJ Tucker's up against, which is kind of a weird pick because honestly, um, with until Embiid comes back, I'm not worried about whoever's posting up against uh, Bam, and I'm not worried about whoever's coming into the paint against Bam because Bam's an absolute athlete. I mean, the guy's huge and insanely athletic. But I think. And of course, for our guards, um, but that's not really where I think PJ Tucker is extremely important because PJ Tucker, recent in the playoffs, not only has he continued his like excellent defense, he's been averaging a good amount of points. Like I remember, I believe it was game three, um, he scored like 16, 17 points, which honestly is it's a pretty high number for him. Yeah. Definitely. So I think that his if he continues playing good defense, whoever's up against him, I think is a very important matchup both ways. Whoever we have him guarding is extremely important because it's obviously not going to be a big center forward because that's who Bam's dealing with. So I think that's a huge matchup offensively and defensively for our team right now. That's I, I agree with you. And with Embiid going to probably miss the first two games of this series, you know, I really I would like P.J. from a Sixers perspective. I would like him to go against Tobias because I think Tobias has been really good in these playoffs. I think he's going to be able to use his uh, – his skills, both as a mid-range jumper, he's been making the catch-and-shoot threes. He can take it to the rack. I think that's a guy that P.J. won't be able to totally lock down. But what I'm concerned about is that you, what you were mentioning about Bam, you know, he's a very switchable athletic defender. And if the Sixers 
I'm hoping we start Paul Reed. God forbid we start DeAndre Jordan against Bam Adebayo because that would be one of the ugliest playoff series in Sixers history if that's a matchup. That would be a horrendous move. I really hope Doc realizes that we need to keep playing B-Ball Paul, and I think he will. B-Ball Paul played well in the Raptor series, but, you know, maybe Doc thinks, oh, DeAndre's 7 feet, Bam's only 6'10", we have a height advantage. Maybe that will happen, probably not, but... DeAndre Jordan is going to play because if Embiid's not playing, Doc's going to play a backup center, and I, it's probably going to be DeAndre. So I'm worried about a matchup like that. And getting back to what I was trying to say, I'm worried a guy like Bam might be thrown at Tobias yeah. because that could be trouble for Harris because yeah. Bam's a great defensive player. He deserves to be an all-defensive. Maybe not this year because he missed about 20, 30 games, but most years Bam's an all-defensive caliber player because if P.J. Tucker... If they can just throw him on B-Ball Paul, and then if Bam's going up against Tobias in those first few games, that could be real trouble for us. Is that what you would want? Is that ideally what you think should happen for the Heat, or would you uh, prefer Bam stay on the big guys no matter what? Honestly, honestly, it could go either way. I think, honestly, I think Spolstra, Spolstra knows what he's doing, so I'm not too worried about this matchup. Wherever he puts Bam, I believe that that is the right place to be putting him. I mean, Spolstra... Through thick and thin, he's brought this team from the ruins after LeBron left, <laughs> yeah. D Wade left, and Chris Bosh had to retire. The team was not in a good place. He still managed to weather the storm. So sure. whatever decision he makes defensively, I do believe is the correct one. Um, but the thing about Bam is that he's so versatile. Like you'll see a lot of highlights where Bam's guarding a guard or a, a small right. forward. Like right. he'll he'll get up near the top of the key. Like Bam, I would not be surprised if. We see a lot of defensive switches from the Heat in these games, and we see a lot of Bam near the top of the key forcing uh, ugly shots from people like Harden and then leaving the down low open because then we can just switch. He's versatile. Or P.J. Tucker can even come in. Like We've got a lot of scrappy guys on defense. Maybe not necessarily lockdown defenders. Like no one, A lot of the guys outside of Bam are not lockdown defenders, but there are a lot of scrappy players, and I think that's kind of where our team thrives because there's a lot of switches that I think can be exploited as well. I think you made a great point. Well, one about Sprolscher, just he's a great coach. Uh, you know, Nurse was a better coach than Doc as well, but I think Spolster, he's got much more talent, I think, than than the Raptors did he, to work with, and that's always a problem when, you, when you're looking at a coaching matchup. I mean, Spolster had the Heat win 41 games when the best players were Whiteside and Deion Waiters. So, and that's, 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 that was a Heat team I really enjoyed. But notwithstanding, I think he made a great point and something I was going to zero in on about Harden because – like you said, I do think Bam probably will mostly take either Embiid or Harris, like I was saying. Yeah, for sure. But there's certainly opportunities or chances that Bam could switch to Harden. And even the guy who's definitely going to guard Harden a lot is Jimmy. And Harden, as much as he's had some good games, he's been a great passer. The shooting numbers have been up and down. And he also looks a step slow. That might be because of age. It might be because of the hamstring. Whatever it is, that's the reality we're dealing with. And I think Harden's going to have a really, really tough time in this series in terms of just his shooting numbers, his statistics. I'm hoping the turnovers don't get out of hand. But do you think that Harden is someone this, the Heat can really you know, capitalize off po- his potential struggles and maybe that would make a difference in the series? Uh, yeah, definitely. I do think so. I do think that Harden, honestly, we're going to see Harden putting, see him putting up a lot of shots and that's going to lead to a lot of ugly ones. And uh, Harden, obviously, as we've seen over the years, uh, Harden does crumble under good defense. He will crumble to like mm. a scrappy defensive yeah. player. I wouldn't say necessarily always because I right, think this is Harden we're talking about. But like right. with a player who's constantly hounding Harden, uh, it's we've it's been known that he will crumble at times. And um, I think that's something that could be exploited easily by the team. 
But, you know, this is also Harden we're talking about. We can't count them out like that. But I do think we're going to see a lot of shots from, from Harden. And some of them are going to be ugly. And I think those are uh, where we can capitalize off of fast breaks and stuff like that. Spolstra, Spolstra knows what it, what it takes to win. We've won a few championships now. Yeah. And uh, I think he's going to know how to neutralize Harden. But I do think neutralizing Harden is going to take a lot of manpower. So that's definitely going to leave some mid-range shots, some some down low open. And I think that's going to be something we're going to have to learn how to minimize and mitigate. Like, how do we pick and choose when we're going to want to stop Harden or when we want to keep the rest of the floor spaced. Right. And I do think, I think we're most likely going to be seeing that once we've managed to get Harden out of rhythm. If we can get Harden out of rhythm, we're going to see a lot of uh, switching back down low and letting Harden keep taking bad shots or letting him just shoot shots when he's not in a rhythm yet. And I think we're going to see a lot of back and forth with the, how the defense is running. Yeah, and you know, you all the, those are all great points. And I think, you know, I don't want to root against my own team. That's not what I'm doing here. But I do think Harden, and I still think the Sixers are going to win the series. I, it, we've we've come too far for me to say otherwise. As long as Embiid gets back, of course, by Game Three. If Embiid's not back by Game Three, then it's going to get tough. But I think Harden struggles could lead to Maxi having to step up big time, and I think he's capable. Because, you know, Kyle's dealing with an injury, and I think Kyle's going to take um, Maxi when he's back, if, if, when, if or when he gets back. But just like Van Vliet, Kyle's former teammate, you know, he's, he was kind of short enough for Maxi, similar height. Uh, good defender, Van Vliet, against uh, smaller guards, but not against guys as quick as Maxi. And with Kyle's advanced age combined with the injury, I really think Maxi can have a really terrific series against Kyle. And... You know, like you said, when, when you're bringing defenders out to the three-point line maybe to stop a Harden or if Bam's switching, Maxie's great at getting to the rim. He's great at those floaters. I really think he's going to have a terrific series. What do you think is the key for the Heat if they're going to keep Maxie in check from having explosions like he did in Game 1 and Game 5 of last series? Well, as you were just saying, I think I think definitely the, the Sixers offense, we're going to see a lot of pick-and-rolls and screens because they're going to want to maximize off of defensive switches. When our big man, uh, when our big men are up uh, at too far up, mm-hmm. so I think uh, for us to mitigate that, we're really gonna have to get, uh, we're gonna have to rest players a lot because we're gonna there's gonna be a lot of defensive switching because there's gonna need to be a lot of back and forth like I mentioned earlier because like you can't be honestly it's gonna be hard for this team to guard both uh, Harden and down low all at the same time like Lowry Lowry's getting up there in age like he's not. Uh, Lowry's still a great point guard, and he's still I can't I can't ask for anyone better to be facilitating our offense right now. But defensively, like he's he's good, but he's nothing spectacular. Yeah. Like he's not someone I want matched up against a young guy like Maxi because that's that's a bad matchup. We're honestly better putting someone like Vincent on him, <laughs> even because that's someone who's at least going to keep up with him speed wise. Right. So I think that's really important is how the def- the defense switches. It's going to be a half the times we're going to have to give up a two-pointer so we don't give up a three-pointer, and I think that's super important for the team right now. You mentioned uh, you know giving up the two to prevent the three because the Sixers have been expanding their, their level up from three-point range across the end of the season here. Maxie's really gotten his three-point uh, percentage up. Danny Green suddenly remembered how to sh- make his corner threes. He's been playing well, and Niang as well has been able to knock him down. Tobias has been knocking him down. But what concerns me for the Sixers right now, I want to get your thoughts on this. Your bench, even though I mentioned I kind of dissed all the, the shooters, they can't really play much defense, but we know Gabe Vincent owns the Sixers. Struess and Duncan, when they're hot, they're hot. They're going to make their threes. And Hero, probably the best bench player, unless you're counting Steph Curry, who's become off the bench. But other than that, Tyler yeah. Hero 
has been the best bench player scorer-wise in the NBA. And that's not even counting Old Depot, who I don't think has been terrific, but I think he's shown flashes of getting healthier. He's helped out in some games. Especially, yeah, that last game. Right. Oladipo was huge because we were missing Lowry and Butler and Oladipo. He only dropped 23, but, like, only dropping wow. 23. For, for him games, right now, that's terrific. It's great. That's really yeah. good news for the Heat. It means he's really back up to speed. And, you know, our bench, um, something you've pointed out to me before we started the podcast, which I do agree with, is that you guys definitely have more star power. Like, mm-hmm. when you compare Embiid and Harden to, say, Bam and, and Jimmy right. or Bam and Lowry, like, Obviously, people are going to pick Embiid and Harden because, like, of course, that's the stars. They're they're better players, or I guess it also depends on what you're looking for, but they are generally considered the better players, and I can't really debate that as much as I love Bam and Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Um, but even though there's more star power, there's not as much depth. Like you were saying, like, you yeah. do not want DeAndre Jordan uh, stepping up against Bam because that's a terrible matchup for you guys. Definitely. So Definitely. I, think, I think having a deep bench is what really helps us here. Which I think is huge because the thing was with Doc Rivers is Doc, Doc's a great coach. I can't diss him like that. Well, but, well, you can you. I'll, he's the one guy I'll let you diss on my podcast. Well, he he did help bring the Sixers, uh, you know, to the playoffs. Like I can't, I can't say. <laughs> okay. Well, help is a strong word, but you know what I'm trying to say. Like I can't. Okay, fair enough. He's not a terrible coach, but um, I think it's gonna be tough for him. How does he manage having to deal with the depth that we have? And I think that's what Spolster thrives at, is exploiting weaknesses with a deep bench. And I think For that's sure. really where we're going to give you guys trouble. So I think I think it really depends, you know. And I think the series is going to be great because it's going to go either way. I think it's going to be a back and forth. And this is why the Heat frustrate me, because they can just throw anyone. Caleb Martin, who's barely playing for you right now, that's the guy I would love on the six. Just a guy who can maybe make some corner threes sometimes, play aggressive defense. He's a combination of all our bench guys who can all do one thing. George, he can make a nice wide open three, but he can't play defense. He's just going to trudge around like he's stuck in quicksand on defense. Matisse, maybe one of the best defensive wings, if not the best, in terms of just getting a stop and making a play. But the guy, he's been bad on offense, and he was horrific during the Raptors series, including that game five. He was a big part of the reason the bench struggled. Shake. I think he can get hot. I mean, he you remember what he did to to you guys when uh, in the one game he had like 30 points. You yeah, guys lost did. to us without Embiid, but yeah. that's not going to happen every game. I think you guys have bench guys who can consistently score. Shake will give us 10 points maybe one out of three games in his 15, 20 minutes, but he's not going to be able to be that dependable. B-Ball Paul is the only guy I'm excited for once Embiid comes back because I don't think you guys have a lot of size off the bench that's reliable, but... If he's the starter, he's going against Bam. That that could get ugly fast because he's still a sloppy, inexperienced player. We saw him make some ugly plays during the Raptors series. I think I think a guy like Spolster would be able to really make B-Ball Paul feel uncomfortable. So, yeah, your bench, as long as they're hitting the threes, those three-point shooters, and as long as a guy like Oladipo or Caleb Martin is you know locked in and they're just playing hard, it's going to be hard to compete with that bench. But... What I think this is ultimately going to come down to, I think it's going to come down to can the Heat stop Harden or can Harden overcome what's going on? And can the Sixers, hopefully Maxi and Tobias especially, can they score enough where we can survive the, the time without Embiid and once he gets back really maybe take control of the series while we're at home? Is there any other keys you would look for from your own perspective as a Heat fan that you uh, think they sh- they need to hammer home? I think I think the thing you mentioned earlier was that there's a we have a lot of bench players that they just start off hot. They don't need to get hot. They just come into the game and they're ready. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Caleb Martin. You know, like 
Max Schroes when he was coming off the bench. He yeah, was Max doing Schuess that a lot. One. Obviously, of course, that's not why he's starting over Duncan Robinson, but because Duncan Robinson is now on the bench, we've seen Duncan, you know, he's performing a bit more consistently. Having Hero, Oladipo, Vincent, like even Markeith a little bit, like he brings a lot of energy to that team when Jimmy Butler's not on, on the floor. By the way, the Sixers, the Trust trust the Podcast stands with Markeith Morris in his battle against the Jokic brothers. I agree. I, honestly, no one would hear me out about this, but I think that was totally unjustified. <laughs> like it was it was not even a flagrant foul. He touched his arm. He hit his arm a little bit, maybe a bit rougher than they should have, and then he got cracked yeah, in the back. Put out of action for three months. Disrespectful. But you know what? It is what it is. We're the ones that moved on. They didn't, so that's their problem yeah. now. But suck it, Nuggets. <laughs> honestly, <laughs> um, I do. Th- I do think that the bench is a key for us right now, and especially because I think I think the second biggest key is you know I think the energy the Heat bring. You know, like, I know Embiid a lot. But that's someone who gets he gets heated, and because of how scrappy the Heat like to play, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Embiid injected or taken out from a game at some point in this series. I mean, he's got. I mean, I, I get why. He's a very prideful guy, and I get it. Embiid's yeah. one of the best players in the game right now. But, like, you know, if we could get, if Embiid comes back and we can get him ejected or just having to sit because he's on too many fouls, that's also huge for the team. And I think the energy that the, the, the home crowd brings and the energy that the scrappy uh, backup players bring, that's huge for making a lot of players piss. Like, you saw with, like, Udonis and Jimmy Gonson <laughs> argument because those are just two passionate guys, and I think that's really what, Heat culture is all about it's just passion. Oh, no. oh not the heat scrappy. culture. Not the heat I, culture I propaganda. <laughs> I think it's great. <laughs> but I do think I think the bench players are the key right now, and I think what they bring off the bench, you know, even if it's 10 points a game, those 10 points a game are huge for us, and I think that's yeah. really important. Yeah, I mean, the Sixers bench is atrocious, and like we were saying, I think that could be – it could be our downfall, especially if Embiid doesn't get back fast. But I think I'll say about what you're saying with Embiid – I'll just throw back at you that Jimmy, like you mentioned with his little scrap with Udonis, I actually would love to see Jimmy, because Jimmy and Embiid are friends, but I also think they'll totally get into it this series. Oh, if, for sure. If, if, if the cause uh, presents itself. And I want to see those two just bring the competitive fire, because I, I don't deny Jimmy Butler's skill on the court. My problem with him is more of what he does off the court, where he has this prima donna vibe to him that I didn't even like when he's on the Sixers, but I kind of ignored it when he's on my team. But Jimmy, Jimmy, he he comes to play most of the time in the playoffs. He he does rise to the occasion for sure, and I think he can really be, he'll definitely be a benefit to have for the Heat just at, from an energy standpoint, like you're saying. So with all that in mind, with all these matchups in place, I think these teams, when fully healthy, very evenly matched. They have they both have weaknesses that the other team can exploit, but they also have strengths that they can bring to the table. So do you have a prediction for how this series is gonna go? For your squad, or well, as you know, that's that's a tough question because uh, these are two play- these are two teams that I think they're really going to come into the second round hungry. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, like knowing this Heat team, they're going to be mad they even lost one game to the Hawks, and knowing this Sixers team, they're going to want to bounce back after a little bit of a slump with the Raptors. And I don't, I think that's very <laughs> uncharacteristic of them. I don't. Think oh, that oh, we it's should. very char- It's very characteristic of so? the Seventy Six. It's very characteristic. Well, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, ex- I wouldn't want any other Heat fans banking on this happening to like save the game if we need to. So I think, I think both these teams are going to come in really hungry, and I think that I think it's really going to come down to coaching as well because it's really going to come down to how can coaches adapt to the other team, be able to exploit our weaknesses, and I honestly I think the either team could win. But the way I see it is if the Sixers win, I think it's totally because of that star power you guys have. It's definitely going to be a Harden and Embiid field victory for the Sixers. 
But if the Heat can win, uh, I would say it's probably because of Spolstra. Because Spolstra definitely, like, if we win that series, totally. we'd be coached to victory. But honestly, I couldn't give you a solid prediction. I think it's like, going to be a back and forth. I could definitely see this being a seven-game series. I would not be surprised so, in the slightest. So you don't want to go on the record? I prediction? mean, I just... Honestly, I just can't. I just can't sit here and disrespect either team like that. I can't wow. say for certain one team wins or loses because this is this is going to be a great series, and I'm really excited to watch it. Well, I'm going to make a prediction. 76ers in seven because Embiid is going to miss a couple games. This is going to go seven. It's going to go down to the wire. Hopefully not so down the wire like the Toronto series where we're in position for an all-time heartbreaker, but I do think this goes seven. going to pick the Sixers because I think – Embiid is the best player in this series. And I also think, like I said, I think Maxie's going to be a big part, and I think he's going to come to play. I think he's going to be, no matter who you throw at him, I think that's the one guy the Heat don't have an answer for. Unless, the only reason the Heat could stop Maxie, slow him down, is if Spolstra, and you mentioned that this is a good point, though, because Spolstra adapts. He's a good coach, unlike the man uh, helming the 76ers right now. Yes, Mr. Rivers. If if Maxie's just thoroughly outplaying Harden by, like, game four or five, Spo might just pull the trigger and put Jimmy on Maxi, But I think Jimmy will take Harden to start the series. And that's where it would get interesting. But I'm going to say Sixers and Seven. And hopefully, like you said, the coaching advantage that you guys have, the depth advantage, just doesn't come into play. Yeah, I, I you know, I can get behind a, in Seven. You know, I'll go on record and say Heat in Seven because I think okay. that's just the most respectful <laughs> to both teams. Fair enough. I think I th- do think the series will come down to the wire, but I think that's what's so exciting. I haven't really been too excited about a heat playoff game in a long time because honestly when we got to the finals against the lakers it it wasn't going to look pretty for us it was okay i knew we were going to lose but this is this is a year i'm really excited for you know last year we got bounced early by the bucks obviously they won the finals so you can't be too mad you lost to the the defending champs at the time but you know i think i think the team's really going to come to play and i think that's what's going to make this series so great i absolutely agree the only other thing i'll add before we wrap up like you were saying, you know, you said the Sixers, you shouldn't expect them to just get lazy and blow blow leads and, you know, not come out to play. I think it is maybe less likely because whether it's Jimmy, we know the Heat are competitive. We know the Heat aren't going to take the foot off the gas pedal. So maybe the Sixers will be able to get it through their mind that they have to be focused game in and game out in this series. But if they don't do that, because that that's where this series goes wrong. I'm kind of predicting this, assuming the Sixers come to play. But if the Sixers just assume victory if they go up 3-1 or 3-2, whatever it is, that's where the Heat are going to get you because the Heat don't take days off most of the time. So, But I do think the Sixers will be able to pull this out. No, absolutely. I, I agree, actually. That, that's a really good point. Towards the end of the season, the regular season, you know, the Heat went on a bit of a slump. We lost, I think, was it five or six that in a right. row? You did go on a we, little bit. We dropped all the way to second when we were in holding a strong first-place lead, and we still managed to crawl our way back. So mm-hmm. I didn't think it's a great point. You know, I think that's might have been what happened with the Sixers' uh, previous matchup. They kind of let the Raptors – they let the Raptors – creep too close and you know they flew too close to sun and now now this is where mm, we're at so that's for sure it's gonna be great yeah it's, it's gonna be a great series and you know maybe depending on what happens we might have to get you back on mike to get your reaction to how your heat do but thank you so much for joining me today yeah of course i appreciate it series starts monday night i'm excited to see how it goes and i'm confident the sixers you know it's gonna be on the road but we'll have to see how they do so go sixers the heat suck have a great rest of your day thanks for listening <laughs> But that's going to wrap up this section of the podcast. be interesting to see how this series plays out for sure, but it'll also be interesting to see how the rest of this playoffs plays out, and that's why 
I brought on both Chris Reynolds and Darian Capabianco in the second section of this podcast to talk some NBA playoffs as a whole, and I'm going to give that to you right about now. All right, as promised, we're back with more playoffs conversation. Me and Mike, you know, we just had a great preview of the Heat Sixers series, but now we're going to be talking more playoffs as a whole. And joining me today, Chris Reynolds is once again back, but also for the first time ever, my fellow Sixers fan, Darian Capabianco. Guys, thanks for joining me today. I appreciate it. Glad to be here. For sure. Chris, welcome back. Thank you. Pleasure to be back on. I'm happy to talk as the Sixers are going to lose this series. Oh, already coming in. We'll with debate the that. We'll debate that. We'll <laughs> already see. coming we'll in with happens. the nonsense. We'll Unbelievable. Just, and I was, I was saying stuff earlier in the pod, of course, about how Chris thinks uh, the Heat are going to beat the Sixers, and he immediately jumps into <laughs> it right as we start the pod. So, but another Eastern Conference series that just happened right before we started recording: Celtics Bucks started one of the second round playoff series. The Celtics wound up winning. 101 to 89. I know, Chris, you got to watch most of this game. What was your biggest takeaway from how the Celtics were able to take this game? I think my biggest takeaway is that uh, Giannis is 100% the best player, in my opinion. And even if you limit Giannis's scoring, what he can do as a facilitator is, I mean, we saw in years past, if you build a wall, Giannis can't do anything. Today, they had Horford and Robert Williams both on him. Smart, help defender, and he would just find any open guy for three. He only had 21 points on bad shooting, it looks like, but if you watch the game, his impact was undeniable. Middleton's a big loss, but I think Giannis is just proving that he can do anything to help his team win. Yeah, and I meant, I meant to say the Bucks won the game, but yeah, Giannis was held to 9 or 25 shooting. He did have a triple-double, but that Celtics defense, they definitely were able to somewhat keep him in check, but that defense that has helped the Celtics remain so vicious throughout the year didn't really help them in this game as they lost by double digits but Darian do you think the Celtics are going to win this series and if they are going to bounce back what, what do you think they have to do going forward because they didn't shoot too well today as a team at all well you know like as you said the Bucks took game one today uh, right before we started recording so I think I think the Bucks will take it in six that's okay. what I'm going to predict you know I, I know the Celtics did kind of hold Giannis somewhat today but you can only do that for so right. long. It is like a right. seven-game series. Mm-hmm. So I, I think the Bucks will take it. So you got to double-team Giannis a lot of the time, and then that leaves a lot of people open. Um, Jason Tatum was was turning it up a little bit, but I don't, I don't know if that will be enough to stop Giannis. I don't really think they have a defender capable enough. No. Like you could say Robert Williams, but he's not going to be on Giannis. It's mainly going to be Horford on Giannis. Right. So I, I think... The Bucks, even without Middleton, they're a really well-rounded team, and I think they'll end up taking it in six. Yeah, and we mentioned uh, Middleton being out, likely going to be out for the entire series with that MCL sprain. Like you said about a guy like Robert Williams, I think he's a terrific team defender, as he proved, but to take Giannis in a 1v1 matchup, that's, that's he's going to be just... That's a big ask for anything. Yeah, it's it's going to be tough for the Celtics. They Like you said, they don't really have someone who can just cover Giannis game in, game out. There's not many people in the league who can. That dude, as he proved last year in the playoffs, is a force of nature. But the Celtics, they just didn't hit their shots, which they were doing emphatically in their fantastic sweep of the Brooklyn Nets in the first round, I think any NBA fan enjoyed thoroughly. But when I look at this Bucks team, I think that defensively, they're they're not as maybe as good as the Celtics, but they have the potential to be. Chris, do you think you know Drew Holiday? He had a good game, three steals. He also had twenty five points offensively. Giannis is one of the best defenders in the league. Do you think the Bucks can match the Celtics' defensive efforts in this series? I definitely think they can, and I think we saw it today. I mean, they were honestly giving open shots to the Celtics too, and they just weren't hitting them. And I think 
if they really have to ramp it up, I think they can. I mean, Middleton's a big loss defensively for them, but any time there was any pass that wasn't a bullet pass, it seemed like the Bucks were able to steal it and poke it out. Jalen Brown had seven turnovers today, and he could not hold on to the ball to save his life. I mean, Smart was injured. I know that he had a, a shoulder injury, a quad injury, then a hamstring injury, but he was limping up down the court, not playing great. I think defensively, you just saw that the Bucks can really hold down the Celtics, and Tatum had spurts, then he'd mm-hmm. go cold again. So I really think the Bucks were able to limit their guys, and I know that the Celtics have all these wings, but so, I mean, the Bucks have a lot of Bobby Portis, Brook Lopez, Giannis. These are big guys that can also move to the perimeter, and I think that's like a rare thing that most teams can do. Yeah, I mean, the Bucks, like you said, they do have perimeter bigs, but they also have bigs who can really hold their own in the paint. Lopez, we know he's a former all-defensive center. I think the Celtics... The biggest challenge for them, for the or the biggest challenge for the Bucks against the Celtics is that I don't think the Bucks have a lockdown defensive wing, but the Celtics don't have anyone who can stop Giannis, and Giannis is the best player in the series, I would say by far. So, and with Marcus Smart, the Defensive Player of the Year, and I also, I mean, when we did our All Defense Pod, Chris, we both had uh, Robert Williams on there as well. Both of those guys have been dealing with injuries lately, mm-hmm. and that that's going to hurt the Celtics defense as well, but. When I look at the Bucks, I just think on paper, they don't have as much depth as the Celtics, but it didn't look like they really needed it today. Darian, do you think the Bucks, from an offensive standpoint, can they sustain the, the output they had shooting today? Because they were, they were very efficient, aside from Wesley Matthews, who you, mm-hmm. is never efficient, but most of their team came to play today when it came to consistency. No, I, I think they can. They have some, some pretty good shooters all around them. You know, Middleton's shooting is a loss. But at the same time, you still got guys that can come up and play and step in right away. So mm-hmm. I think I think they'll be able to keep up the same kind of pressure, and it's more on the Celtics to match that pressure. Right, right. Yeah, and then when you look at Grayson Allen, Connaughton, even Javon Carter, who played a lot today, I wasn't expecting that. Drew Holiday made over 50% of his threes. All those guys shot great. And you know, Giannis, he didn't have the most effect, efficient or effective night from the field or at the free throw line. But if Giannis is having what for him is an off game and they still win the game by double digits, I think that's a good sign for the Bucks. So in this series, you know, I do think the Bucks. Darren, you mentioned Bucks and six, you think. I would actually have to – I picked the Celtics to make the finals, like I think last week when I did the pod. But I'm probably going to have to – looking after this game, if the Celtics are dealing with these injuries, although Middleton isn't playing, I'm going to go Bucks and seven because I can't really totally – ditch the Celtics when I was having them go into the finals, but I do think if the Bucks are going to sustain this type of play, I think they should take the series. Chris, what do you think? How do you think this winds up? Uh, I was thinking Bucks in seven. Now I'm thinking Bucks in five, which I think that the Celtics in clutch time aren't, I just think that the Bucks are better in clutch time than the Celtics are, and then I was kind of worried about the lack of shooting, and then the injuries, I mean, the Celtics just all look dinged up, which is, I mean, just a big yeah. loss, so I have Bucks and five in this one. I think the Celtics are going to win the next game, and then uh, Bucks are just going to win the next three after the Celtics win game two. Interesting. And, yeah, the Bucks certainly, even though that coming into this series, a lot of people thought this was going to be a closely contested one. But I think after today, that's a fair prediction. I'm still going to give the Celtics the benefit of the doubt that they can bounce back. But, you know, Celtics, they, they absolutely dominated the Nets, but the Nets didn't have even remotely the type of defenders that the Bucks can throw at them. So we'll have to see if the Celtics can bounce back, but I think right now the Bucks probably should be favored. Now looking at the other Eastern Conference series, which obviously I just did a ton of to start the podcast, but I'll let you guys uh, get put your input in as well. The Sixers and the Heat, their series starts Monday. Lowry's going to be out for this game. It is officially confirmed. Uh, me and Mike weren't entirely sure of that when we did uh, the podcast earlier, but 
when we recorded it before, but we now know that Lowry will be out in game one with the hamstring, and Bede we know is out as well. Uh, Darian, going to you here, with the injuries for both sides, Butler was dealing with some injuries as well. In fact, the Heat actually had, I saw an injury report where a lot of guys are dealing with minor injuries. Most will probably play through it, but Hero, Struess, etc. With all these injuries, does that change your outlook on the series at all? Um, you know, I, I'm just going to go straight up. I think I have Sixers and Seven. Now, I know they're missing a bead, and obviously that's a huge problem. You know, yeah. that's your best oh, player. For sure, yeah. Arguably MVP of the league, you know. Um, so that's a really big loss, but I think whoever wins game one is going to win this series. And if the Sixers can steal game one on the road, I think that's a really Huge. big momentum yeah. booster. You know, we, we've seen earlier in the regular season, the Sixers beat the Heat without Harden in. And yeah. <laughs> and in the last game against the Raptors, Harden really turned it up. And I think he, he got a lot more aggressive with the ball, which is what the Sixers really need. So I, I think they have the capabilities to, to beat the Heat. It's just all about kind of effort and heart. And I think the Sixers will be able to beat them in seven, especially if Embiid comes back game three. Yeah, and that's, that's what I think what the ex- expectation should be right now because... You know, we're going on the road for those two games, so chances are Embiid will probably be back for Game 3. It sounds like the concussion's what's keeping him out, and he'll probably come back. We could see the return of the Phantom of the, Phantom process. Of the process. That would be huge. The, and that hap- That was the last time we played the Heat, because Justice Winslow <laughs> smashed the mask. So it's very poetic uh, that he would be wearing the mask once again against Miami. But I think there's a lot of interchangeable parts. Uh, I went over this with Michael earlier, but we can get right into it again. Just defensively, both teams could have, whether it's the Sixers, their guards taking advantage of maybe the Heats, you know, the, all like the heroes, the the Tyler, the uh, Duncans, like just the, the poor defenders who might be able to shoot but can't really hang. But then guys like Jimmy, guys like Tucker on the wing could be real problems for the Sixers because we know the Sixers' uh, wing players aren't exactly the most consistent besides Tobias. So, Chris, going to you. Who do you think has the mat, uh, the advantage in this matchup from a defensive standpoint? Because that could be a huge part of the series. Defensively, I definitely think the Heat have the advantage. They have so many. I mean, they have so many lineups that they've thrown out there, and I think their best defensive lineup is better than anything that the Sixers could put together. Bam can guard one through five. Uh, Jimmy, when healthy, I think he's going to be healthy. He can guard a lot of wings and guards. Victor Oladipo isn't their best defender, but if he's one of your worst ones, that's great. Then uh, PJ Tucker, we know, is just a pest, and he's a bigger body. Kyle Lowry is going to be out game one, which is uh, tough. I mean, I just think his veteran experience, strong charges, and I think he could try to get some tricks against Maxi. you know, just like an older guy versus like the younger guy. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. I think just their defensive potential is far better. Um, I don't, I mean, Tyler Hero, Tucker Robinson aren't the best defenders, but you can hide one person on a court if you like easier than you can uh, two or three. So if there's only one guy, I think they'll be fine. They have a lot of lineups. I think they'll find what works. I think I have, I have Heat in five. What? Um, <laughs> Okay. Well, keep going, um, keep going, keep going. I think Heat are going to win the first two. The Sixers can win one, but... Oh, please. Embiid is always injured, and it really is unfortunate, but if he keeps missing games and he comes back, we don't know if he's going to be 100%. And uh, I really, really am not a fan of James Harden, so I have Heat in five. I have Heat winning the first two. Philadelphia can't win at home, but I have Heat in five. Um, sorry. Well, okay. Here's, <laughs> here's where I'll give you that there's a chance the Heat can really gain an advantage in this matchup, and that's because Embiid's going to miss probably the first two games. And we know that B-Ball Paul, he can, he's been good in this playoffs as the backup, but we I could see him getting sloppy against Bam. He's for so sure. young still. Yes, yeah. right. That's, an, that's a matchup that the Heat are going to win 
uh, easily. And I'm worried that Doc might, you know, lean back to good old DeAndre for that veteran presence if B-Ball Paul struggles against Bam. I would hope he doesn't, but we could see DeAndre, and that I think the Heat would really exploit him. I think they have the shooters that we could re- they could really just make DeAndre start running. Well, not running, more like <laughs> trudging all over the court, trying to keep up with uh, him, keep up with the shooters, but he'll just be getting pulled out to the three-point line where you don't want him to be. And that leaves guys like Jimmy or even Bam uh, free lane to the rim. But that's going to be a matchup that's important, and hopefully Embiid's able to get back for Game 3. I anticipate he will, but if he's not, that's where I th- that's, that's the only way that I think the Heat can take this in five games if Embiid is not ready to come back for Game 3. But what I'll say about what you said about Larry, and you guys can just jump in, but I think Maxi has the advantage there. I disagree with you. I think Maxi, what he did to Van Vliet is something similar that he's going to be able to do to Lowry. I think Lowry... I agree with that. Yeah. yeah. He has, Lowry has the veteran presence for sure, but he's dealing with the injury, and Maxi's just... Lowry can't match Maxi's speed, and Maxi's been, aside from a couple stinkers uh, in Game 5 and Game 4, he's been electric in the playoffs. I think he's going to have to really make up for Harden, because as I touched on earlier, but I'll reiterate it here again... Harden is going to have a tough series against this Heat defense, whether it's Jimmy or even if somehow Bam gets uh, thrown at Harden. He's going to have a tough time getting his shot off. But I think Maxi is going to be probably the biggest difference maker if the Sixers want to win this series. But what do you guys think about that? If you're Doc Rivers, do you toy with the idea of running the offense through Maxi rather than to. Harden? Yeah. Because they're going to be centered in on Harden. Mm-hmm. If you, if you run it through Maxi, that could open up more opportunities for Tobias and Harden to both get open and start shooting some threes. So De- yeah, definitely. I think I, it's definitely a possibility. Yeah, and I think Tobias is also a big part in this series. I think Tucker will probably match up with him. Uh, I don't want Bam. That's the only thing I did, t- I did say this earlier as well. Bam could be guarding Tobias in those first two games. They just want to totally ignore the Sixers' centers, and that could be trouble for Tobias. That might but, not be the the worst idea for the Heat, actually. No, not at all. I mean, I think that would be the smart thing. And I think Spolstra, he knows how to adjust. And I think he could really pick up on that matchup quickly. What do you, what do you think, Chris? I know you're you're a big Bam stan pretty I much at this Bam. point. I don't know why, but what do you, who do you think the Heat, you know, he's their best defensive player. Who do you think they should really utilize him on if Embiid's out? I mean, I think you guys just made the point that Maxi's faster than... Almost anyone on the court. So yeah, I think, yeah. I think though, here's the thing. When you don't have Embiid, I mean, you're shooting. If they have DeAndre and especially, but Bam's not going to be in the paint to help on defense in the paint. If Maxi just drives past someone, now you have Bam in the paint. I mean, mm-hmm. against the Raptors, though, if Embiid's on the court, you can't leave Embiid open on the perimeter. So I think losing him shrinks the floor and makes it harder for Maxi. Where even if he gets by the first defender, it's going to be harder to get past Bam. And that's why I think Bam should still guard the center as like a help defender in the paint rather than getting pulled out by Tobias. And I think P.J. Tucker could guard the five, but mainly for rebounding. I mean, he can guard a five, but I'd rather have Bam in the paint because he can actually block shots better than P.J. can. Okay. And Tobias Harris, I'm not that worried about. I think P.J.'s still a really good defender anyway, so he can stick on Tobias. But my thing is, if no Lowry, I don't know who's going to start. That's going to be interesting to see, but... I think Max is going to go off in the beginning, but I think they just have to make adjustments to try to get some big in the center to stop Maxi from getting easy layups. So you would say, so you think Bam should stay at center even if Embiid's out? If Embiid's out, yes, okay. assuming that they have 
P.J. Tucker guarding Tobias, I'm fine with that matchup. Okay. I think if the Sixers come out with DeAndre Jordan in the starting five, you definitely have to put Bam on Tobias. I agree. Because Jordan is not as aggressive in rebounding as I, Paul Reed is. Yeah, and I, I actually will give Doc the benefit of the doubt. I think he'll start B-Ball Paul because, you know, And Bam, I hope he does. Bam, yeah, he, he's got to kind of have to because Bam Bam's kind of— Paul Reed's basically like, you know, the D-level version of Bam, but he can do some things Bam can, similar height. Uh, so it's not like— Paul Reed will just be getting dunked on the whole time. So I think I don't think Paul Reed's going to stop Bam. I think Bam will have a good series offensively, but I think we I think we're going to start Paul Reed. I I'm even though I don't like Doc, I think he's come I think he's proven and come far enough in the past month that I think we'll see Paul Reed in that starting lineup. But the thing I'm kind of also a little concerned about, I think the Heat's perimeter scoring could be an issue because on the one end I think we'll be able to really exploit the guys like Hero and Duncan and Struess. But then, I don't know, Thibel's going to have to step up. I know we're really soured on Thibel right now. He was terrible in the Raptors series. He's really bad. But if he comes to play and if he can take, whether it's Jimmy or even a Tyler Hero or even a Duncan, if we just want to keep it simple for him, he could make a big difference defensively as well. I think this is going to be a really ugly series. I think a lot of defensive adjustments are going to come into play. I mean, one last point for me is, if the Heat, the one thing that concerns me is their lack of half-court offense at times, and I think that's why they need Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero, but the issue is when you play them, their defense, so it's kind of like you have to pick defense or offense with those guys, but I think if they have those guys, then I don't know who's going to be on top of them. There's no shot James Harden can keep up with Duncan Robinson running around screens. No, nah, so probably not, no. They, if the Heat can just abuse them, I mean, if they can abuse them on with their offense like that, I think it's going to cancel out the... Uh, liabilities that those guys are on defense. And the other guy, and you mentioned we're not sure who's going to start over Lowry. Another guy, the Sixer killer himself, Gabe Vincent. I think he should probably get the start, and that's a guy, another guy Thibel might be able to, or even Danny Green could come up big time against if if we're going to if we're gonna take this series. So with that in mind, Chris, you already uh, gave your terrible prediction of Heat and Five, but Darren, what are you feeling for this series? And I, we, there is question marks. We know that the Embiid's availability is a question mark, but despite that, what's your prediction? I'm going to say Sixers and seven. I, okay. I, I just have a feeling. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I feel like we can take game one, and if we take game one, then we take the series. That's what I'm feeling, I got, especially if Embiid comes back. Yeah, I agree with that. I think Sixers will take this in seven. I think it's going to be an ugly series, like I said. But if Joel Embiid plays in five of the games, and he'll be back, it'll, it, at worst it'll be 2-0 Heat. I think we're able to. I think we'll be able to control the. And even then, I we might be able to come back from that. I don't then. think Bam yeah. can guard Joel. No, I don't think he can. I don't think he can. Yeah, I, we know. <laughs> I think he can hold him down to like less than thirty. I mean, he's gonna have a day. Can you explain why? Like, I just, right. I just don't get it. I to be fair, I, I don't, don't know if it. there's really anyone in the league who can, go, who can guard Joel no, right no, now. No, I understand. Yeah. I understand that, but I've just thrown it out there. Yeah. I don't think there's a lot of guys that can guard Joel. I think, though, of the people that you would want, of, like, who would I want to guard Joel? It's, like, Giannis and Bam, to me, are, like, the top two guys. I mean, yeah, probably I someone else. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, he can Certainly guard Certainly not Rudy. Oh, I don't want Rudy Gobert <laughs> touching the court. Bam could guard him on the perimeter. If he like, if he's shooting, Bam can close out there. If he's in the paint, Bam's a great paint defender. Embiid is taller, and he is bigger. But Bam is built, man. He's not going to get pushed around by Joel like a lot of these other guys. He can hold his own. He can rebound well. I think... There's going to be a game. If you told me Embiid got 35 against him one game, I'd believe you. But then I don't think he's going to consistently get beat by Embiid. I think he's going to hold him down around 25 a game, assuming that he stays on Embiid. The one thing that scares me is that the Heat like to switch a lot because Bam can switch onto the guards. However, 
then if you get Embiid the ball, I don't if you know. Switch, then no one can guard. Him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Bam, the thing is, Bam should be guarding Embiid. Yeah, if you switch, time. it's good against the for the Heat against the guard because Embiid can or not Embiid because Bam can guard the guard. Then, but the Heat don't have anyone to guard Embiid besides yeah. Bam. So that's my one concern with the pick and roll scheme. But I think if they figure out a way to keep Bam on Embiid, he's built, he's long, and he's strong. Man, I don't think he's gonna give up like more than thirty more than once in the series. I think that's why Embiid's gonna be limited. I think he's gonna have to pass it up more than he's used to. So that's why I have uh, Heat fives because I don't think Embiid can have the same presence. That he I mean, Embiid does. is dealing with the injury. I'll give you that. I just think Joel Embiid, Bam might be built, he might be strong, but Embiid is just gonna be able to bully, bully a guy like that around no matter what. I think he just the height advantage is gonna help, and I also think Giannis is a little different because Giannis is pretty much seven feet. Um, but nonetheless, I think I just think Embiid the way he's playing on offense is just. He's he's just I think he's well, I think he's the MVP. But even if he's not, he's a top five player in the league, and that's going to be hard. Bam six nine. You got you just pulled it up right there. I think that's a real height advantage for Embiid. I think it's yeah. going to actually matter. I get what you're saying, but I just think at some point he's not going to block Embiid. I just think he's going to force every shot to be a difficult shot. That's why I just think Bam. I think his defense is going to come up biggest in the games Embiid's not playing. And if the Heat are able to use Bam in a really valuable way in those first two games. They could get a quick lead on the Sixers, but that's really, I think that's really all I have to say about it. I mean, it, we'll have to see how it plays out Monday night and going forward. I'll be buying a Bam jersey once the Heat win in five. A Bam Honestly, jersey. Who's, who's buying Bam jerseys, bro? <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I have a TJ McConnell jersey, but nonetheless. <laughs> um, Darren, do you have anything else to add there? No, I we mean... We can wrap it up, though. Move to the West, though. Maston B coming back. Phantom of the Process. Phantom of the Process. I want to see it. it. I want to see him take over. Absolutely. For sure. So, looking at the West Western Conference, uh, I think the Golden State-Memphis game is going on right now as we're recording this. But uh, that's a big series for me because, you know, Minnesota scared Memphis a little bit, but they also had tons of blown leads in that series. Looked like a little less, less experienced than... Memphis did, which is weird because Memphis is also a young team, but they just looked like they knew what they were doing, firing all cylinders. Golden State lit up Denver. The, the fake MVP went out in five games. Uh, Steph Curry is now the greatest six-man of all time. No longer is it Manu Ginobili. He's been incredible. Uh, I'm sure he'll get the starting job back one of these days, but in a couple in the next couple of weeks. But Jordan Poole's been killing it. This is in my opinion, do you guys think this is the most interesting series? Because that's I think it is. This might be, yeah. It, I feel like it's it's the Grizzlies are such a young team. Yeah. First, like a competitive and more experienced Golden State team. You know, um, you got the new Splash Bros with Pool in there, right, right, ready to turn it up. But then you also have Jaw on the other side, who's shown he's he's clutch and he can take care of business when he needs to. So I mean, it's it's really gonna be like. Ja versus Curry, I think, this whole series. And it's going to be so fun to watch. This might be one of the best series. Mm-hmm. I have some thoughts on that. But, Chris, what, what, what are you looking at in this series? Uh, I'm going to be totally to honest. This is my least favorite series of really? the four of them. I just think Golden State's experience. I, mean, I thought if Memphis came out destroying the Timberwolves. I would have been all in on the series. But okay. it was kind of scary seeing that. No, I see that, yeah. The Timberwolves could have won five out of the games that they played against the Grizzlies. Could have, could have. Yeah, they <laughs> choked it so hard. <laughs> they did. Where it's like... 
I liked the fight that I saw from Memphis, but the fact that they had a fight like that against the Timberwolves was a little yeah. concerning. I thought the Timberwolves were a good team coming into that series, but when you look at the reason it was a close series, it wasn't yeah. a positive thing. That's for alarming to me. Like to me, it's I'd rather see Luca go up against the Suns and see what he can do. I'd rather see Embiid and Bam as Bam as Bam clamps Embiid down. Oh. I'd rather see the Bucks <laughs> and Celtics seeing Giannis go against the best offensive team. This series to me seems like it's the experienced team that has, and then Jordan, I and mean, they have some younger guys now, the Warriors do, but that's mainly experience with a lot of right. team chemistry against another fun team that's young with a lot of chemistry, but I just feel like the Grizzlies are going to be forced to go uh, to size down again. They were best when they had Adams in and Jaron Jackson as the off defender, yeah. but now Jaron Jackson has to be the main guy in the paint, which forces him to get in foul trouble, which makes him lead the game. They can't play Adams against a small ball Warriors lineup. And I think the Grizzlies can win a game, maybe two, but I have... Warriors and five. I think everything I have going five so far, but I have Warriors and five because I just think they're going to force Grizzlies to play their type of ball, and I think the Warriors are just lethal with their shooting and everything they can do. Yeah, and I don't disagree with that. I would say Warriors and six right now. I think is what I'm leaning, but I think it's an interesting series. I'm not saying it's going to be the most competitive one of all time, though. I won't say that because you know you mentioned Ja versus Curry, Darian. I Ja, I I like Ja a lot, but I don't think he's consistent enough beyond the arc uh, to really make a difference in a series against Golden State because I think the guys that Golden State can throw at Ja could really disrupt his momentum. I mean, Draymond, who else does Draymond have to guard on Memphis? Maybe Bain, but I think maybe Clay can or even Wiggins can handle that matchup for sure. Chris, do you think Draymond can take Ja? I mean, I think I think that's probably the best matchup for the Warriors. It might be a little weird. Ja can definitely outrun Draymond, but Draymond's one of the smartest defenders in the league. I think the Warriors could really exploit Ja in this series. Uh, I was completely caught off guard by that take. I did not think Draymond was going to be touching Ja defensively. Really? Well, who do you, who would you think Draymond covers in this? Series? I think Draymond's just going to be a guy in the paint, anchor to the paint to help well, there. Okay, I think, that's what I mean. I don't I don't think yeah. ja, I don't think he's going to do this like man to man. You don't think he's going to be on ja. ball? No, no, oh, okay, no. Gotcha. But like, just I should have worded it better. Just yeah. like this. Draymond's presence is really going to affect Ja in this series, yeah. I think. I mean, I don't even love the Warriors defensively. I mean, I think Gary Payne's their best bet against Ja as the on-ball defender. I'd put him on Ja, and then I think Ja's going to have like a better series than last year's. I think he's going to average 25 to 30. I think Draymond's just smart, and he could just help off-ball. I think he could force turnovers. He's not going to be blocking shots because yeah. that's not really his game. But I think what he can do is force turnovers and stuff, but... I think that's more going to, like, when the Grizzlies try doing their team ball and they pass it around, I think Draymond can just keep up with the team's scheme. I think that's where Draymond's going to come into play. Um, I just, and Clay defensively is not as good as he once was, but he can still. Injuries, yeah. yeah, but I think Gary Payton's, like, they're honestly their best guard defender. So I think the Warriors are good defensively. I don't think they're as great as like, other people think. Uh, I just think that Jaw's going to do better. And then I think Draymond, Draymond's just going to help the team defense more than anything, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, it's interesting you mentioned Gary Payton the second. Who, if he played more, I, he kind of can't because he's an offensive liability. But he could also give Ja trouble, especially on ball, like you said, in his whatever 15, 18 minutes he might play in this series. Darian, when you look at the Grizzlies, do you think there's how well do you think they match up with the Warriors? Because to me, when I look at it, they've got stars, but they all can really just do one thing. Ja's just this. He relies on the athleticism a lot. He's not really a great outside shooter. Bain, he has to hit his threes. Jaron Jackson, defensive versatility, but he gets sloppy. We know he fouls out. How do you think the Grizzlies match up, and can they – Is there? do you see a world where they can, I don't know, match the Warriors' just polishedness of, in the experience? Well, I think since they are so young, yeah. it will be kind of hard to match that 
veteran experience and the, mm-hmm. the, just the polished play style of the Warriors. And I think the Warriors are going to get really hot with their outside shooting from beyond the arc. But I think the the way Memphis could win it is in the paint. Yeah. I think, you know, John Morant driving is always a good bet because he's very athletic, very great finisher. Um, you know, Jaron Jackson can go up and get boards if you need him to, anything like that. Desmond Bain is also really good at shooting from beyond the arc. So if mm-hmm. you have John Morant driving, you can kick it out to Bain. But it, it will be kind of hard to do that just because the Warriors are a pretty good team defensively. But I, I think I think Memphis can steal a couple games in this series if they really try to. I do too because, you know, Bain, I, I, I wasn't trying to diminish him because he had a great series. I think he's probably Memphis's second best player at this point. I think he's a really good shooter, but and he would fit right in with Golden State. But I got, you, you see Poole, Curry, even Clay is starting to come back to being his old self offensively. He's had some really big games. I just don't think, as good as Memphis defense has been, I don't see their players being really able to stop the offensive barrage Golden State can bring. Yeah, just now, actually, it's at it's halftime. Draymond was just ejected from the game oh, with no. really or two oh, fouls. No. Oh, so, wow. Just, I mean, Memphis, Memphis, up, by, right Memphis up by six, 61 okay. Yeah, but okay. uh, Draymond ejected in the first half oh, of the game. That's not a good start. Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> Uh, maybe I'll change the Warriors in six after that one. But, uh, yeah, just, just funny. To That's know. A, I have Warriors in six. I originally had Warriors in yeah, seven, but I don't know how competitive Memphis can make it. Yeah, I mean, they're winning right now, but it's close. And it's not even halftime yet. I think the Warriors, even without Draymond, they're going to they're gonna struggle defensively in the rest of that game right now. But offensively, like I was just saying, I think they just have the tools. And that's not even counting their bench. Both of these teams have deep benches. You know, Memphis is, is more kind of grind you out, just just out t- out, like bring the physical, be more tough than you. Tyus Jones, guys like that, Melton, uh, Brandon Clark, like these are these are more like slow paced, uh, toughness guys. Where the Warriors, I think they bring in Otto Porter, they bring in Bialisa, Kaminga brings the energy. They're more offensive inter- offensive oriented. Besides uh, the mitten, Gary Payton the second, <laughs> but. I think that's an interesting matchup too, but is there anything else you guys want to add on this series? I think, if I'm being honest, the most important player in this series is not Ja or Curry. I think it's Jordan Poole. Yeah. Because if you if you start Curry, then you have Jordan Poole off the bench, and I don't think there's anyone on Memphis's bench that can oh, guard no, Jordan Poole no, 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 no. at all. So then you have a pool party going on. <laughs> but party. if you if you start Poole and you bench Curry, there's absolutely no one who can guard Memphis either. So I think it's just. Jordan Poole is the, the biggest wild card in the series, and I think he's going to play the biggest factor, not Ja or Curry. And I would agree with that because I think Jordan Poole's been awesome. I, I would be interested to see if the Warriors would just start all three of them and just you know start Draymond at center because if Jaron Jackson does start, now maybe Adams will keep starting just play less minutes, but if Jaron Jackson starts, I think the Warriors could totally get a, get away with a, a three-guard lineup. Chris, do you agree with that take? Yeah, I like the three-guard lineup for the Warriors. I think you have to make Memphis play small, and then if you do that... I mean, I don't think the Warriors sacrifice a lot defensively, even when they play small. So I think it's better for them. And I just, I don't know, I like Steven Adams a lot if it's the right matchup. But right. if you can take him out of the game, that's like one of their more important players. And that helps, and that unlocks Jaron Jackson. So if you can take that away, that's just, with a three-ball lineup, I do that. Yeah, and like we said, I think it's, I think the Warriors and Grizzlies, you know, they both have their strengths. But I think the Warriors, I think we all agree, Warriors, with their experience and with their offensive talent, are going to be able to control the series. And looking at the final series... The one-seed Suns, they were easily the best team in the league. They're going to play the Mavericks, who pretty much ended the Donovan Mitchell-Rudy Gobert era in Utah, which was beautiful to see. (laughs) Yeah, cheers for that. Suns, Pelicans, that was my favorite first-round series. 
Loved seeing the Pelicans uh, get frisky. I know Devin Booker missed some time. I think the Pelicans have a bright future. We've got a lot of players I like on that team I've talked about before. But now that the Suns have advanced, Booker's back. In my eyes, I think the Suns run away with this series. I know Chris disagrees with that take, but we'll go to you first, Darren, because I'm not quite sure what you think. Looking at the Suns-Mavericks matchup, what is, what's the number one thing that stands out to you? Well, I'm going to go off on a limb here. I'm going to go with an upset. I'm going to go Mavs in seven. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I, I feel like, I mean, the biggest question mark definitely is uh, the Mavs small ball lineup versus Suns size. Right. But I think if you can overcome that, then the Mavs do have playmakers and scorers that they've shown. You know, Dinwiddie has shown his clutch, hit a game winner against yeah. the Nets. Brunson was going off. Brunson was make, Making Gobert look silly. And yeah. Luka's back, I believe, close yeah, to 100%. Oh, yeah, so I think they can really make this a series against the Suns, who have Booker back, but not fully at 100%. Chris, what about you? I know you pretty much agree with, kind of agree with what Darren's saying there. All right. My one concern for the Mavericks is I'm worried if Mikel Bridges guards Luka because we saw what he did yeah. defensively. And if he stays on Luka, I mean, Luka can torch anyone, I feel like. But... That's my one concern. If they just keep Bridges on Luka and he just holds him a few games, I think it's going to be Suns and Six. That I, I honestly think if the Mavericks can find some way just to have Mikel Bridges have to switch off, do screens or something like that. But Booker's a good defender. I don't. He didn't look great in Game 7. He just looked like he was more of a decoy than anything. Mm-hmm. Paul's a smart defender. I think offensively, I don't love the Suns as much as I thought I did. And the Mavericks are better defensively than they have been in past years. Uh, I think it actually might go seven, and if that's the case, then who knows. But I have Suns and six right now, but I just need to see game one. I need to see how Luka does against Bridges, and that's my one concern. But Luka's a special player. He can, even if Bridges guards him, he can still facilitate and do everything. But I think in order to win the series, he's going to have to have some crazy games like we saw him do against the Clippers in the last two years. Oh, yeah. I, I think Luka's going to have a good series for sure because... He's just that level of a player. But I think he can get kind of like Durant, although Durant didn't have a great series against Boston, but kind of like Durant, I think he can get his stats and it won't make much of a difference. I'm still very pro-Suns because I thought their ability that they were able to close that series out in six without Booker. I know Booker came back for game six, but he didn't do much in that game. I thought that was impressive because I thought the Pelicans were really getting frisky. I'm just a big believer in this Suns team. And you mentioned the Mavericks. They kind of go small ball. I don't see, I know Aiton hasn't had a great year, but he was really effective in the playoffs last year, I thought, uh, before the finals anyway. And I don't see anyone on Dallas who can really exploit him. Now, maybe the three-point shooting, if it's Kleba, even Pal sometimes can extend to the three-point line. You know, that can be trouble for Aiton, but I think the rest of the Suns team defensively is smart enough. I think Chris Paul is going to... Um, I think Chris Paul is going to have Spencer Dinwiddie's brain going in 10 different directions. I think he's going to have a real strong advantage there. Brunson, I mean, Brunson I think will have a good enough series. I think the Suns can have—I think they can have success against him, though, at times. I think Bridges, you know, Luka, yes, he should probably primarily look at Luka, but I think Brunson could have a real— Good series if they focus them on Brun- um, or uh, Bridges on Brunson as well. The Villanova former Villanova teammates meeting up in this series. I just think the Suns are more talented. I think they have more depth, more options. You know, Cam Johnson could come in. Javale McGee can give you a different pace at center as well. I just think Phoenix. I don't know. I just really like them, and now that they're healthy again, I'm starting to. Maybe Golden State will still beat them in the conference finals, but I'm starting to really entertain them. 
as a finals team once again. What do you guys have to say about that? For me, I think the winner of the Suns-Mavericks game is going to be the one that goes to the finals. Interesting. So, mm. I can I mean, see that. Yeah, because I think if the Mavericks can show that they can beat the Suns, then I'm I I don't really like the Mavericks right now. The issue for me is just that the Suns are such a good team overall. I actually don't love Aiton in this series with the shooting. I mean, I think he he's one of the best like classic centers who like doesn't shoot. Like he's just a very good rebounder yeah. in the yeah. paint guy. I think the issue is that you could play those guys off the court at times. So I think if the Mavericks can do that, I mean, I'm not really afraid of Aiton. My concern is about the Mavericks non luca centric style like if they can if luca gets shut down i need to see brunson and dinwiddie still score i mean mm-hmm. we saw the Mavs play well without luca but i don't know if luca isn't playing well but he's still on the court how they're going to play but i think what makes a guy like luca so special special is that he can still impact the game when he's not scoring he's just such a great ball pass or facilitator of everything like that i think that's what's going to be important for this team but if they beat the suns i think they're going to the finals because i think either of those two teams could easily win that series and whatever one that wins is probably going to face uh, the Bucks, in my opinion yeah and I mean if the if in my opinion if the Mavs beat the Suns I, I would start looking at them a lot different I just don't think that 2 through 15 the Mavs can really even hold a candle to the Suns and to me that matters I just think the Suns have a lot of good players Darren what, what do you think what, what what's the main reason you think the Mavs are going to beat the Suns you already touched on it but what do you think it's really going to be the key in this well, series i have two reasons i think i think my prediction is that jalen brunson is going to be the best player in this series yeah. be better than booker cp3 and luca okay so i I, th- I feel like he's really going to be the best player in the series and show why he deserves that big, big contract, free agent yeah. off-season contract and mm-hmm. the the bigger reason though while i do like brunson the bigger reason is that it feels like the suns kind of took their foot off the gas a little bit once the playoffs started and mm-hmm. i feel like you know the maps have a little bit more momentum and they're, they are the underdogs. feels like they yeah, have nothing they to definitely lose. Are. So they definitely I feel like the Mavs will steal the game or two, and that could just snowball and end up, you know, with them winning the series. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the biggest reason. It's just it feels like the Suns kind of took a step back. Yeah, and I'm a, I'm, I'm going to defend the Suns just because, like I said, I think with Booker being out, I think that changed the series a little bit. I think they would have won probably in five if Booker doesn't get hurt. I know the Pelicans stole. I think it was game two, but... I just think Dallas, as good as they've been playing, and I think they're a good team. I just don't think they're a finals team. I think Utah falling apart is a big reason why they look so good in round one. I think they had a, I think they had a great matchup against the Jazz. I think they had the right, the right system in place to take that team apart. And while I think long term Dallas might have a nice future, Brunson will keep getting better. Hopefully, I think they need to add maybe one or two more better pieces to make this team a bit deeper. And I don't think this is their year quite yet the one thing that the Mavs could use is, is like one more defensive wing or something like that I mean I like their yeah. guards but I think they're missing like one more wing on their team and and Dorian Finney-Smith is good he's okay. but yeah. he's not he's a little Tobias Harris to me like oh cool you have a bigger forward like that and then you forget that he's there most of the game so I mean I think they just need to add to that but I still like this team even with its guards I think could go far and I think they have a chance to upset the Suns in seven mm-hmm. especially if Booker isn't healthy then I think it's going to be a closer series. But they have the best player. I mean, the Mavs have the best player in Luka. So I think it could go seven if Booker's not right. That's the thing. Booker's going to have to prove he wasn't too effective to close at the Pelican series. He'll have to prove he's healthy. And I, I'm, I'm kind of counting on it. And if he looks if he looks uh, off off his game, I, I'm, I'm probably going to look a little silly with my prediction here. But I do have the Suns in five. So with that in mind, just to wrap things up here, 
briefly, what do you guys have as your current NBA Finals? I'll start with you, Darian. Um, I'm going to go with Warriors-Bucks. I think both of those teams are the best in their respective conferences. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I – know, I know you could say the Suns, and I did have originally the Suns versus the Bucks rematch. Yeah. But um, I don't know. After that first uh, round playoffs, seeing the Suns, I think, I think the Warriors – kind of like blew me away a little bit just mm-hmm. with like pool was showing up curry yeah. coming off the bench I, I feel like warriors bucks kind of makes the most sense to me right now personally gotcha chris what about you all right i'm sticking with the suns bucks rematch of last year okay. i have bucks once again in six just like it was last year that's just my bold prediction i mean it's not even that bold but it's like the celtics and the bucks i think that's the toughest matchup for the bucks right now they get past that and then the suns i think Booker's going to get right if he gets right rematch of last year bucks and six yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you there, Chris. I think Suns Bucks. You know, I I did have um, a totally different one a couple weeks ago, but now the Booker's back. I think that's my reason I have Suns again. And I don't know. I just Celtics gave me a weird vibe today. I don't know if they're gonna be able to beat Milwaukee. So I'm gonna kind of hedge my pick here or change my pick here and go with the uh, go with the Bucks in the finals. I know the Sixers fans will be like, why aren't you picking the Sixers? I just think with Embiid's current injury, we're still kind of up in the air, not to mention that the Sixers team, we're not totally sure what they're going to look like even game to game, much less round to round. I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to put some bad almond on the Sixers by predicting them to win the finals right now. So I'm going to go Bucks suns as well. I'll probably have, I'd probably lean the Suns this time. I've been, most of the year, I've been sticking with the Suns. I'm going to keep, I'm going to stick to it, even if they had an ugly first round series at times against Pelicans. What do you think? Who's going to win in your eyes? I'm also going to go with Bucks. Okay. Um, you know, I have the Warriors again, and even if the Suns do win against the Mavs, which it, yeah. it is pretty likely that yeah. they will, yeah. I still think the Warriors can beat the Suns. Okay. But I don't know if that's the Warriors fair. can that's beat fair. the Bucks because I, I I don't think there's really anyone in the league who can guard yeah. Giannis. Yeah, He's on a mission now. every year. Yeah, so. he definitely is. All right. Well. We'll have to see what happens this playoffs. I think they're going to get even more interesting as they go. A lot of close matchups, as we were just talking about. Thank you guys for listening today. Uh, thank you guys for joining me, Chris and Darian. I appreciate it. Hopefully we can do some more pods down the line as the playoffs continue. But other than that, thank you guys for listening. Go Sixers. Have a great rest of your day.